All right. So this concludes our service. I'm going to close in prayer. Come on. We've had an awesome time so far, haven't we? God is good. So I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like people are just getting full of the goodness of God. Well, I'm going to uh, introduce our speaker, and this is going to be sort of like um, icing on the top of the cake. And I feel like you're just going to get, you're just, you're going to get blown away. I mean, we are so blessed to have Ben and Micah and Ashley, their intern here, uh, and their, their daughters. They've stayed with us in our home. We had a tremendous time of ministry yesterday. Um, I'd spend more time introducing them because I'd, it's good to know how we met them and all that stuff. But I would just say that they're affiliated, connected with Global uh, Awakening down in Pennsylvania. Kelly and I were there a few weeks uh, for a few weeks in 2015. And um, we just saw the gifts on their lives. And I think you're beginning to see that now. Um, and you're about to experience it in just a moment. So I want to give a, f- a warm Faith Chapel welcome to Ben Williams. Would you stand up and just welcome him? All right. Good morning, church. God is good. And the devil can't do anything about it. God is good, and he doesn't have to try. He just is. It's so good to be able to spend some time with you today. We've only been here a short while, but I feel at home. This is just an incredible place to be at. And uh, I want to thank you for coming Sunday morning, whether you knew I was going to be here or not. You still came, bless your heart. And you could have been anywhere on Sunday morning, but you came here, and I think this is a great place for you to be, and I want you to know that your life matters, and that you being here matters, and so I want to thank everybody here for coming out. Uh, I believe it's a great investment of your time, and uh, that it speaks a lot about the values in your life, so thank you for coming out here on Sunday morning, and I got to meet some of you uh, yesterday as we did some training on evangelism. And uh, we went out for the outreach and uh, gave away a lot of food and got to love on some people out there. I want to give a a little bit of a shout-out testimonies on that. I believe, if I remember right, uh, Pastor Kelly prayed with someone uh, and their ear got healed yesterday. Is that right? Yeah. Their ear opened up. They couldn't hear out of one of their ears. And uh, that's not too bad. That's not a bad day. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And uh, so many people got food and were encouraged, and I, I just had a great time being a part of that. Had the privilege of leading a couple of people to Jesus yesterday. Who uh, they we we just went out in the in the heart of loving on the community. And I was telling that Pastor Kelly that man, you guys are just cut from the same cloth as me. That this heart of uh, bringing the reality of God's goodness and loving the people in front of us just ministering that way is just so much a part of what my heart is about. And as uh, I was giving out some food yesterday, one of the things I was telling the people is that these bags of groceries that we're giving, uh, this is not us trying to give a, a handout to people. In fact, this is really an excuse just to meet you. And I say, we're not looking down at you. You're not a project to us. We're not trying to say we're above you in some way. We really just wanted to meet you and tell you that there's a church that genuinely cares about you. 
and uh, that you have a purpose and a plan, that you're not an accident. God's got a purpose for your life. And it was out of that interaction, we saw some people that got healed, and we saw some people that gave their life to Christ. And you guys were a part of that, whether you gave food or diapers to be a part of it, whatever things you were a part of, you were praying into, or you came out to the training yesterday, or you were with us like Carol over here, and some of the others just went out and just loved on the community. So I want you guys to give yourselves a hand. That was just incredible. Come on. That's awesome. So good finding people that love their community. It really is. And so thank you guys for just being you. And it relates uh, to the leadership that you have here. My wife and I have had the privilege of ministering all over the world and being in all kinds of different environments and different churches. And I want you to know that God loves Syracuse a lot. And one of the ways that I know that God loves Syracuse a lot is by sending your pastors, Jim and Kelly, to this place. You guys have exceptional pastors. They're not people that are filler and like, you know, we got a pastor just taking up some time because they can't do anything else, you know. But uh, you actually, you have pastors that are cutting edge, pastors that have, have the heart of God, pastors that are genuinely, powerfully anointed, have wisdom and character, open up their home even for years for people to stay. I mean, who does that kind of stuff? You guys don't, I don't know if you understand how amazing your pastors are. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask you, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys to do something here in just a little bit. I believe that what you honor is what you release. In other words, Jesus is always Lord all the time. But when you confess him as Lord, then what rests on his life as Lord, the benefits from that flow into your life. It's when you submit to his lordship that all he carries really comes more into your life. And I really believe that there is some significant giftings and anointings that rest on the Tuttles. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and give them a standing ovation, thanking God for them. You're going to release honor that what is carried on to them is going to go to a higher level in this place today. And I just want, on behalf of this church and the body of Christ, to thank you for laying down your lives for the gospel. It's a major deal. Would you guys please stand to your feet and let's thank God for your pastors today. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more. More. Come on. Imagine the target that will be on your life if you had the assignment from God to bring the Word of God to a region. Not only do pastors have to deal with our stuff, you know you got some stuff, don't you? But they also are carrying the most important message on the planet. And there's a whole spiritual dynamic that goes to that. And this couple 
has laid down their lives for the gospel. They're not putting on a show. They're not pretending. Your pastors are the real deal. And I want to ask you to keep them in prayer and release as much honor to them as you can possibly do. Uh, Of course, it's going to come back to you. It's a blessing to you. But just for them, thank God for them. Because as you do that, uh, I believe that there is a whole avenue of things that God wants to do in this region, and honor is going to release it. And so I just want to thank you. Tuttles, you're amazing. You really, really are. Thank you. (laughs) I'm privileged to have a, a life where I can minister with my wife. We pastored a church together that we planted, and we've uh, been traveling for several years, ministering together. Sometimes she goes alone, sometimes I go alone, but our favorites when we get to come together, and so we're glad that we got to do that today. Uh, my wife has a CD that she written all the songs on. They are uh, in the, on the back table over here, and these are only for $10. Let me ask, is there somebody who just had a birthday? I think there was somebody who had a birthday yesterday, but is there somebody's birthday just recently? Oh, that's right, Isaiah. Isaiah, this is for you, brother. Come on. (laughs) Happy birthday, brother. (laughs) I just remembered I'm supposed to stay up here so people can see. Sorry about that. And uh, my wife has written a book also. It's called Christ the Wonderful Counselor. And the heartbeat of this book is that Jesus was able to take a group of ruffians, if, you under, if you're familiar with the Bible, and turn them into world changers in a very short amount of time. And so he worked with tra- bringing transformation to life. And my wife began to wrestle with, what did Jesus do? Because we think he did it right and that he knew what he was doing. And so why don't we look at what Jesus did? He, uh, the Bible says that the Messiah would be known as a wonderful counselor. We don't always think about Jesus as a counselor. Uh, but that's what the Bible says he would be known as. He brings transformation to people. And that's what that book is about, is how Jesus brought that into people's lives. And right now, that book is only on a PDF as an option. In the back there, we have a, on that table, we have a sign-up sheet. If you want a copy of that book, uh, we, you'll want to write down your email address and write book next to it. And we'll send you the link for that book, because you'll need to, to have a link. You, just, you can read it right there on uh, your tablet or phone or whatever. So that's a Christ the Wonderful Counselor. Really will benefit your life. And that sign-up sheet itself uh, is a way to stay in touch with us if you want to. Our ministry is called Life Ministries International. And uh, we send out emails and encouragements and, and testimonies and just helping to walk with people. Our passion, kind of our tagline, is reaching the whole world and reaching the whole person. And so we're wanting to bring transformation in life to people. It's really uh, along the lines of what this church is all about. So if you want to stay in touch with us, you can do that there by signing up for a newsletter, just your name, phone, and uh, not your phone number, name and email address. If you write something on there, please write legibly. That right there would help us be able to decipher. If you write like I do, ask for help. Maybe have a designated handwriter come over and help you out if you can do that. Uh, that'd be great, and uh, our intern, Ashley, here, she'll be able to help you out with anything back at the table. She's also going to be helping us minister to you guys today. She's a third-year student with the Global School Supernatural Ministry, 
and uh, really excited about it. This is our first week with us. We just kind of threw her in the deep end and said, let's get on the road. And uh, so you'll find that our, our website is going to be remodeled here soon. Right now it's horrible. If you get, our website is releasinglife.com. It's a horrible website, but it is being remodeled. And it, we're making it a resource center where you can actually go in there and have courses and things that you take on a variety of things from uh, evangelism to dream interpretation to crazy stuff like tattoo interpretation and other fun stuff helping you get out there and uh, share the love of Jesus and grow in who you're created to be, that kind of thing. So uh, you'll want to keep an eye out, releasinglife.com. It will become more interesting. Right now it's ridiculous. So um, anyway, we also have a, a book that my wife and I wrote. This is called The Basics in 21 Days. And I think you guys have shown this here before, right, maybe. And so I won't take your time on this. It's basically a, a book to help people start in their relationship with God or get a good foundation uh, in the Christian faith and uh, learning to hear from God and walk that kind of thing out. So here's my question. Is there somebody here who recently gave their life to Jesus yourself? Uh, that within like the last month, and you don't have this book. Let me see your hand. Don't be embarrassed. I'm trying to give it to you if it's you. All right, that, come on up. This is for you, brother. <laughs> Welcome to the family. All right, so my recommendation with the basics in 21 days is that you purchase them in faith, that as my wife and I mail these out, we give them out to people on a regular basis uh, that we uh, minister to and love on lead to Jesus or something like that in our own region, in our own lives, uh, we'll, we'll send them a copy of our book. And this is, so we, we practice what we preach on this in terms of uh, trying to put this into as many hands of people as we can. And so my request for you to consider is buying a couple of these books for yourself and saying, God, I'm going to lead somebody to Jesus and I want to have something to give to them. And so that's a good way to do that. In fact, in the back of it, it has a section called Christian Lingo. And uh, that is to help people survive their first Sunday at church. Because you know we, we have our own language and you don't know what we're talking about unless you know what we're talking about. And so they can come to church and flip to the back and say, okay, that's what Pastor Dave meant when he said that. Okay, we can look that up. And uh, anyway, that'll help you guys out with that. All right, so that's going on with that. But we want to stay in touch with you guys. Really believe that God is raising up uh, an army of lovers that are really pouring out the love of Jesus out in our day like never before. There's been a, a powerful prophetic word about a billion soul harvest. And I don't know about you, but I want to be in it. I want to be a part of that. And there, I believe that God is raising up the local church in an unprecedented way. And it's not just about uh, someone who's called to pulpit ministry, but it's really about all the body of Christ really stepping into a role and loving the people that are in front of them. And uh, you guys are a part of that, and I know that that's what this house is about. And so I celebrate you guys and so glad to, to just be able to feed into that a little bit today with you. I have a, a really simple, very simple message. And so I'm going to get started with that today and see... See where we land at. I'm excited. This is your picnic. Today is your 25th anniversary. Is that right? Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know if that's that today, this Sunday's actual anniversary, but I think I saw on the wall 25 years. This is the 25th anniversary? Oh, 25th? It's 28 now. Wow, 28th anniversary. That's awesome. 
I love that. Okay. All right, so we're going to get into what's, what's on my heart this morning. And it starts with a verse I found. I've got to look it up. It is, you go in your Bibles to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Are you there? Okay. John chapter 1 is a fantastic chapter, but it's not there. Go to John chapter 2. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see. In John chapter 2. Okay. Oh, there it is. John 3.16. For God so loved the world... That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's take a moment and pray. God, I thank you for your word that is true. Every time we break it open, we thank you that it's like fresh bread today right out of the oven. I ask that you would give us the ability to understand what you're saying in our day, in our hour, and that you would give us the ability, the power to live out who we were created to be in and to live the life that Jesus died for us to live in glory and honor of you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we get into the message today, it's very simple. I have really, really good news for you this morning. And the good news is that Jesus loves you. <laughs> let, me, let me say it this way. Jesus loves you, and it's not your fault. You see, God is absolutely crazy in love with you, and he can't help it. What I love is, is God's not up in heaven with little sticky notes all around heaven trying to remind himself, okay, I know you need help loving this person. Make sure you love this person. Be nice to this person. No, he doesn't have any kind of reminders going on. That he just loves you because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you, because he does. God is absolutely crazy in love with you, and he can't help himself. That's a simple message today, but the thing is, when you look at what somebody brings, when somebody delivers a message, it's, it's a very important to understand why a message is true, because there's a difference between positive thinking and truth. If something isn't true, it doesn't matter if it's positive or not. I could think about, man, you know what? I am six foot tall and full head of hair. I can think that all I want, and all I can do is go get a costume on and try to wear high heels or something. But I'm, what, that idea wouldn't be true. It doesn't matter if I would think that about myself or not. And the thing is, when we live our lives, we need to understand the difference between what is truth and what is just something that's a nice idea. And when it comes to saying, well, God loves you, well, that's a nice idea, But is it true? If it's true, why is it true? Because when you build your life off of what is true, then you open the access to what's inside of that truth to flow into your life. Because truth has implications with it. If God loves you, it comes with implications for your life. And so we need to know if that's true. So how do we know that God loves us? I'm going to tell you today that I'm giving you this simple message. We know that God loves us. Because the Bible 
tells us so. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me. So where does it say that? Well, we just looked at one verse. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You see, the Bible tells us why it's true. The Bible tells us the reason we can know that we are loved is that Jesus came. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus Jesus came. The proof and the evidence that God loves us, according to what the Bible says, is that Jesus came. I know we're going deep here. Let me just say it this way. Let me say it this way. When I was born, the doctor said I wouldn't live to be five years old, and someone came over to a pastor. Uh, if you're familiar with the Brownsville Revival, it's John Kilpatrick of the Brownsville Revival, and, and he uh, prayed for me. I was almost completely deaf. I had an incurable blood disease. My parents had RH factor, which is where their blood types were opposite. I was, if you're familiar with that, I was the second baby. They got all kind of stuff for that now, but back then, it wasn't as much. And so I was born premature. I was getting weaker. I was almost completely deaf. They said I was only going to live to be five. But then this guy came and he, he prayed for me. I went back in for my next checkup and I was completely well. There was nothing wrong with me. And they said, we don't know what happened, but he's completely healed. Now, now that's a beautiful thing, but that's not proof that God loves me. How do I know God loves me? Because Jesus came. Okay, okay, let me try this again. When I was five years old, the Lord spoke to me in an audible voice and called me to preach. It's pretty fantastic. Hey, it's not my fault. I was five. What did I do to earn it? But you know what? That's not evidence that God loves me. How do I know God loves me? Because Jesus came. Okay, I think you guys are starting to get it. Um, When I was 11 years old, I went to a church camp. And I experienced this baptism of the Holy Spirit for six hours. The presence of God came over me for six hours when I was 11. It was powerful. God touched me such a powerful way. But God touching me was not proof that God loves me. Sometimes we think that, especially if you're in church culture, you receive prayer. We put on, is God, is, if God's touching, God touches so-and-so, that means God really loves them. If I'm not experiencing that, then I must not be loved as much. But that, I, there's only one way for me to know that God loves me. How do I know that? Because Jesus came. Yeah, you guys are starting to get this. I, I started preaching when I was 16 years old. And by the mercy of God, I've preached in many places around the world. And I have led multiple thousands of people in a relationship with Jesus all over the world. That's fantastic. But it's not evidence that God loves me. How do I know God loves me? 
It's not by what I'm called to do. It's not by the gifting that's on my life. It's not about what I'm supposed to do with my life, the job, the career, whatever things I do for the Lord, whatever things I give to God, my involvement in the church, the things in the society, the things that I'm doing with my life. None of that is evidence that God loves me. God did not call me in the ministry so that I know I'm loved. Jesus died for me to know that I'm loved. This is simple. We got to get this stuff though. All right. I moved on from there. I've been I've married my incredible wife. We've been married for almost 15 years now. And we have two beautiful children. But guess what? Being married and having children is not the evidence that God loves me. I'm messing with some people right now. God, don't you see me? You see, some people, they, they want to get married so they can be loved. Instead of being married so they can love. There is a difference. And as soon as you start getting married to know that you're valuable, then you've placed that person in a position of God in your life. There's only one way for us to know <laughs> that we're loved because Jesus came. Come on, this guy in the front row, he's getting it. <laughs> he's like, I know the answer. It's A. It's A. It's A. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I moved. I moved on from there. I had the privilege of working at Global Awakening, which is it's very difficult to exaggerate the influence of Global Awakening on the planet and what God is doing in our day and age. But guess what? That's not evidence that God loves. Now I can hear it now. Okay, you're just bragging. This is annoying. Stop telling about all the great things in, in your life. The reality is... Many times it seems we live our lives like God's love is on trial. Living day to day, God, prove to me today that you love me. We may not put it in those kind of vernacular, but we say things like, we got a good parking spot. Oh, Jesus loves me. I'm parked up right next to the building. Hallelujah. He sees me. <laughs> I got the discount. I got the special discount from the newspaper. The favor of God is on my life. God, you love me. You know, we put all these things. If somebody says hi to us, then we know that we love. We try to dress in a certain way or act a certain way. If somebody gives us the attention or if we're the ones who got the raise, we're the ones who got the bonus and the, the, the promotion, then we're like, oh, God, you love me and you see me. God, show me this. But if something doesn't happen that way, then we're like, God, where are you? Don't you see me? Don't you remember me? What happened to me? I thought you loved me. Let me say it this way. The Bible says there's one way for us to know we can, that we're loved by God. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, God demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There is only one way way to know that we are loved according to God. It's almost like God is sitting up in heaven and he's got this whole thing worked out. I have 
hearts and approaches to God. It's like we have God in a courtroom, and by this movement, if things are going our way, then we know God loves us, and if they're not, then His love is being questioned again. Let me just let me put it in the context. When I was when I was born, the doctor said I wouldn't live to be five years old, but that's not evidence that God doesn't love me. Before I was a year old, my parents divorced. My mom, since that time, had experienced other marriages. My, my family, she's, this is just her own story. She's a powerful woman of God, but she had her own stuff she was walking through. And uh, she ended up where she was married seven times. My dad was married three times. But guess what? That's not evidence that God doesn't love me. My brother came down with, I don't know if came down is the right word. He has uh, type 2 diabetes. And we found out about it when he was a child. He almost died from it. And to today, he still takes insulin shots. But that's not evidence that God doesn't love him. I grew up in a very, very poor area. Some places would uh, label where I grew up at as white trash. We were really, really poor. I grew up in a place you flip on the lights down south and all the roaches went running and the, the, it was gross. It was gross where I grew up. I was very poor. The people I grew up around, uh, they were on drugs. I grew up around drugs and alcohol. Uh, I had quote-unquote, counseled people that had uh, abortions and other suicidal things they were walking through just as a a young teenager experienced some of those kind of things. But that's not evidence that God doesn't love me. You see, it's got to play both sides of the card. Whatever good things happen in our lives is not proof of God's love. And God never said, I'm going to prove my love to you by making sure you have the best supportive family you you could possibly have. You know, there's some people waiting for somebody to give them approval in order for them to be alive. And when we do that, we're putting in the hands of a person something they shouldn't have the power to do. The Bible says that one day... They, people came to Jesus and said, your family's waiting outside. And, he, and Jesus said, who are my brothers, who are my mother, and who are my brothers? Who are my sisters? And in my mind, I'm, re, I'm thinking of the, the passage where the Bible says, parents should train up a child in the way that they should go. And they're only won't depart from it, right? Well, think about training wheels. When you're riding a bicycle and you've got training wheels on it, you can only go so far. You can make a little bit of travel on it, but if you really want to take off on a bicycle, you got to take the training wheels off. There comes a place in our lives where it's great to have people that have been supportive in our lives and that kind of thing, but if you're really going to take off in your life, you have to take off the training wheels and find your identity in Jesus Christ. And say, this is who I am. I honor my family. I honor where they, where they came from, the things they walked through. But who I am is in Christ. 
That's who I am. And I can know that I am valuable. I can know that I am worth dying for because Jesus came. And when you know who you are, you know that you're loved, then your past doesn't define your potential. When you know that you're loved, then you're free to love somebody else without the insecurity of worrying if they're going to reject you or not. Without trying to live in a way where you're hoping somebody will notice you. Without living under the bondage. See, what happens is we place other people in these positions to tell us if it's okay for us to be us. To place them in positions of where they are giving us value and they're telling us who we are. But the problem is, many times we're turning to people that don't know who they are. And we're turning to people that can't see us because all they can do is see themselves. Because until you're loved, you cannot be free from yourself. And until you're free from yourself, anytime you look at somebody else, you're just going to see yourself and not really see them. And as long as I'm seeing somebody else and not seeing me, then I can't mourn for someone when they're mourning. All I can think is, thank God it wasn't me. I can't celebrate with someone when they're celebrating because all I can think is, man, I wish that would have happened to me. It's all about me. You guys ever heard that song? Wait, maybe that's not the way it goes. It's all about you, Jesus. Remember this song if you grew up in the church? It's all for your glory. It's all for your fame. You see, Jesus has come to set us free from ourselves so we can be fully alive. Jesus wants to love you to death. He wants to love you to death so you could resurrect and live a life you were made to live. As long as you're in the way of yourself, then you'll never move forward. Jesus said, if you come and follow me, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. The way that God sets people free is not by pushing you down in the dirt and saying you're worthless. Look how horrible you are. He sets you free from you by filling you with himself and saying, I love you. You can have your heart open to receive love from other people, but you don't have to in order to be okay. I'm not talking about closing your heart off to other people. I'm talking about being so full that you can love other people with no strings attached. You see, Jesus knew who he was and treated people by the way he was and by the value he saw them no matter how they were treating him. How do I know that? He's hanging on the cross, completely rejected. And he does not say, Father, look at these morons. I'm so offended with them right now. I healed their sick. I fed their hungry. I taught them the truth and look what they did to me. Strike them down. If he would have done that, we would have been like, yeah, they deserve that. Jesus didn't do that. His heart broke for them. And not for himself. You see, when you know you're loved, your heart can break for others and say, you know, I grew up in a terrible situation. That's not God's demonstration of love for me. I'm not waiting for my dad to give me approval to live. 
I'm not waiting for somebody to tell me they're sorry for how they treated me or how they didn't treat me or what they said to me or what they didn't say to me. I don't need that from them. My heart breaks for them because they don't know how loved they are. When you know you're loved, you have a reason to be alive. You don't have to allow someone else's failure in your life to determine the voice of God in your life. You have someone else that treats you a way or doesn't treat you a certain way and you put on them who you are, then you may be creating an idol in your life where you bow down and worship at the voice of someone who doesn't know who you are. It's time for the world to meet Christians who are not insecure. It's time for the world to meet Christians who are not all about themselves. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about believing what God has said and being happy about it. You see, arrogance is where you look down on someone else in order to feel better about yourself. I don't need to look down on anybody to feel better about myself. I feel better about myself because I'm worth dying for. And it's not my fault. I was created with value and there's nothing I can do about it. God thinks I'm amazing. And it's humility for me to agree with him. Who wants to look at God and say, you don't know what you're talking about? Then stop putting yourself down because that's what you're doing. Stop not loving yourself because you're saying, God, I'm a mistake. You didn't know what you were doing. I'm not worth dying for. Don't look at Jesus dying on the cross and say, I wasn't worth that. Because that is a mockery to the wisdom and intelligence of God. You wouldn't pay $50 for a $2 item. Why do you think God would pay the price of the shed blood of Jesus Christ if there was another way to get you? Or if you weren't worth it? You see, this is what I'm going after here today. I believe that God wants to pour out an incredible harvest of people coming into the kingdom. Incredible amount of people giving their life to Jesus. But it's not going to come through employees. It's going to come through loved children. I have a really good daddy. And he really likes you too. And I'm not pretending. I like me. (laughs) You're like, man, that's weird. If it sounds weird to you, then you're still trying to get it. Because God loving you has implications. If He loves you, what does that mean for you? You understand what I'm saying? It's not just, oh, that's great, God loves me. The Creator of the universe thought living without you 
was an option he didn't want to take. He thought you were worth dying for. Jesus couldn't live without you, so he didn't. Live like someone who's worth dying for. Pray like someone who's wanted. When you lift your voice to God and you talk to Him, you're not talking as someone who's on the outside of heaven trying to get in and trying to maybe be heard if you work hard enough and if you do a good, good enough stuff. He loves you and it's not your fault. Enjoy the love you have in your free When you're free, you can be fully alive. We talked about people coming alive today earlier in the service. This is is coming fully alive. You come fully alive when you know that you're loved. And when I talk to my papa, I know he wants to hear my voice. He's not tolerating me. He's celebrating me. He lives inside of me because he wants to. Not because somebody's making him do it. He's absolutely crazy in love with you. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can decide if you're going to receive it or not. You can decide if you're going to buy into the love of God shown to you, not by where you came from, not by how you look, not by the gifts you have, not by what you're doing with your life, but by the price that was paid for you. It's up to you if you believe that. But I am here on behalf of God, an ambassador of Christ is what the Bible says, and I am imploring you to be reconciled, to receive the love that Jesus has for you. Don't live like a slave. Don't live like an employee. Don't live like a sinner who's rejected. Live like someone who's wanted. Live like someone who's forgiven. Live like someone who's free. How would you interact with people if you were totally free? Do that. How would you, how would you walk in your community? What would you do if you knew that, man, I am worth dying for. I'm loved. Do that. What risk would you take? Some of you might be starting a business. Some of you might be going on a missions trip. Some of you, it might be coming on the Saturday outreaches. Some of you, it might be talking to the person that's in front of you while you're out grocery shopping. What would it look like if you were not bound by insecurity and fear of I'm going to get rejected or not? Do that. Actively receive God's love for yourself. How do you do that? God, I thank you so much you love me. I thank you that you've proved your love for me. I take your love off trial. Your love is not demonstrated to me whether things go my way or not my way because the way has already come. And God, I thank you you've shown your love for me because Jesus came. I am yours and you are mine. I am favored and loved and filled with you. I'm the home of your spirit and Jesus is my Lord. I am loved. Oh, that was fun. Do that. Jesus said, abide in my love. Remain in my love and you will produce fruit. 
your main striving, your main pursuit, your main goal should be abiding in the love that God has for you. It's that simple. Sorry I don't have a complicated message for you today. This is, this is it. And the world needs to hear it. The world needs to hear. The Bible does not say, for God was so angry at the world that he sent his son. The world needs to hear God so loved the world. He sent Jesus. The proof of God's care for them is not where they came from or what happened to them. The proof is that Jesus came. But we've got to get it first or we don't have anything to give away. Does that make sense? We're going to close in just a minute here. As we do this, I want to ask you to, yeah, let's just do this. Take a minute and close your eyes with me for just a moment. I want to ask you a question. We're going to have some ministry time here in just a minute, but before we get into some of that, I don't know where you're from or what life you're in, but let me ask you this. Do you know that you're loved? The Bible says that God is love. Uh, and I know a lot of people that I've talked to throughout the years who say they, they love God and they try to say their prayers and be a good person. But when I ask them a little more, I find out They've never actually given their life to Jesus. They just try to be as good person as they can and say their prayers and ask for help to make it through the day. And what I tell many of them is that's like trying to live before you're born. Trying to be a good person before you've given your life to Jesus is like trying to live before you're born. The Bible tells us when we give our lives to Jesus, we become born again. We become born in Him and then we can start to live. Jesus didn't die for you so you could be a good person. It's so much bigger than that. But my question for you today is, are you right with him? Did you give your life to Jesus? Is he the Lord of your life? I'm not asking you if you go to church every Sunday and if you're a nice person. I'm asking you, have you given your life to him he's got a purpose for you and it begins by asking him to be in charge of your life that's how it starts not by saying our prayers not by being a nice person and going to church it begins by saying Jesus I want you to be the Lord of my life maybe you did that a long time ago but you know you haven't been living for God though you try to be a good person maybe you never have before Maybe you've never actually said those kind of words. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Everyone listen, please. If you are here and you're like, you know what? Maybe I did that a long time ago, but God knows I'm not living that out. But I want to. I want to draw the line in the sand and say, this is it. This is what some people call a recommitment. Or if you're here and you say, you know, I've never actually done that. But I want Jesus to be in charge of my life. I want to give him who, all of who I am. I'm going to give you a chance. 
And I'm, we don't have music going. I'm not going to threaten you with anything. I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm just giving you a chance. You were made to be loved. And I want to give you a chance to give your life to the one who died for you. To get things right with him. Jesus came for you. And he's looking to see if you'll come to him. So when I count to three, if you're in a place here and you're saying, you know what, I want to get things right with God today. I'm not asking if you, you had a bad day yesterday. That's not what I'm saying. You know if you, you know, maybe said a prayer or something when you were a little and you know that you, if you've walked away from that, there's a difference between that and saying, you know what, I goofed up a little bit. God, please forgive me. It's a difference, okay? And if you, you're here and you're like, I've never really done that before. I don't know if Jesus is the Lord of my life. I try to be a good person, but I want to make sure that he is. When I count to three, if you're in one of those categories, I want to ask you to raise your hand. And I don't want you to wait or hesitate or try to look to see what anybody else is doing. It's very personal, and I only want you to raise your hand if you mean it. Only if you mean it. You want to get things right with God today. When I get to three, one, two, three. Let me see your hands. All over the building, people are saying, I want to get things right with God today. You can put your hands down. Now, I would assume that there's some of you that are raising your hands because you're in that first category. I've walked away from the Lord and I want to draw the line in the sand. There are others here that are saying, I want to make that first time decision to follow Jesus. I'm going to ask everyone here for just a moment to stand to your feet, please. In just a moment, those that raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to join me in the front. Not yet, but in just a moment. And... The reason for that is because I want to pray for you personally. And this is only if you actually meant it. And it's also a chance if you were like, I should have raised my hand. I know I wanted to. My heart was beating fast. I want to do that. But you didn't raise your hand. It's your chance to, to get in on that. And I want you to know that if everyone that responded with their hand up came up, you would not be by yourself by any means. Many people said, I want to get things right with God today. And we want to celebrate that. We want to publicly draw the line in the sand and say, this is it. Jesus is my Lord. So if you raised your hand and you meant it, or you meant to raise your hand, you should have. I want you right now to come out from where you are and join me quickly. Come on, quick. There's lots of people. Come up quickly, please. Come on, quickly. More. There's more coming. If you should have raised your hand and you should... Should have. Come down quickly. It's time to draw a line in the sand. Friends, this is a holy moment right now. This is a holy moment. More people are coming down. Would you put your hands together and thank God for these people right now? Come on. Is there somebody else? Come down right now. Thank you, God. Okay, before I talk to them, I'm going to ask you to turn to somebody near you. And don't be silly about it. Turn to somebody near you and just say, if you want to go up to the front, I'll go with you. Do that right now. And then come up with them. Turn to somebody near you. Don't be silly about it. Turn it. If you know the person, then go to somebody you don't know. All right. And come down to the front with them. Okay. Thank you, God. I want to thank you for coming up to the front. It's a big deal, and I know it's a variety of, of reasons that you're here. Uh, but I do have one question before we pray, and it's going to take some courage for you, but I want you to know you're loved here, and we're so excited about you. 
There are people here that, as you're standing here, you're saying, this is uh, the first time I've ever really done this seriously of giving my life to Jesus. Can I see your hands? Right up in front. Here. Okay. All right. Sweet. Ha. I love it. I'm really, I love everybody's down here, but I'm really, really excited about you too. All right. Awesome. All right. So this right here is how we get things right with God. We mean it in our heart and we talk to God. That's what, it, that's what we do. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer, which means I'm going to say some words and I want you to say those words. But I want you to talk to God. You're not talking to me, but I want you to talk out loud. So don't say it. Don't pray in your head. Use your voice. And I want to ask the whole congregation to join me in praying together, okay? And this isn't a magical formula. It only matters if you mean it. It only matters if you mean it and uh, that you talk to God when you do it, okay? All right, so I'm going to say a few words. You repeat them. Turn your heart to God. Let's pray together. God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for proving it by Jesus coming. I receive your love for me. I thank you that I matter to you. And today, I draw the line in the sand and I declare Jesus Christ as my Lord. I give you my life. I ask you today to forgive me for anything I've done wrong. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. I give you my whole life. I ask you to help me be who I was created to be and to do what I was created to do. I give you my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my best friend. Because today, I believe that Jesus walked the planet and He died on the cross. And on the third day, You raised Him from the dead. And I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord. I ask You to teach me what it means to be Yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now I have one question for those that are up here. I have one question for you up here. Did you mean what you prayed? Yes. Then the Bible tells us the line is drawn in the sand. You've crossed over. Everything is completely clean. Anything you've ever done wrong is completely forgiven. 
You're completely clean. You're completely loved. Don't treat yourself like someone who has failed. Treat yourself like someone who's entered into the success of God. You are absolutely loved. I remove all shame, all guilt, all condemnation, all things holding any weights holding you down. You are free. You are loved. And I bless you. Those that are giving their life to Jesus for the first time, I want to make sure that our uh, pastors here know you because they want to get some things in your hands. Uh, in fact, if we have any books left, you, we can give those to them. Uh, I think we, we have this wonderful lady and this gentleman here. If another, anybody else raise their hand, tell Ashley at the table and she'll, if, if this is a first time decision for you, they'll help you out if I didn't see your hand. I want to pray for them. Would you guys extend your hands this way, and then you guys will be able to go to your seats because Pastor Jim's got some things to do here. Father, I bless these people in the name of Jesus. I seal what you have done, and I thank you for it. I thank you. This is a day for the record books in their lives. I seal it, and God, I pray that you would protect them. I ask that you give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I ask you to fill them with your spirit. And I ask, God, you completely uh, take them on the journey to be who they were created to be. I bless this day in their lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You guys-